Innovation happens in the blink of an eye. And to understand the implications, you need a credible source that helps to make sense of it all. Stay up to date on the most pressing innovation issues shaping the world today by subscribing to Better Innovation, a podcast featuring top management strategists, policymakers, and leading innovation thought leaders from across the globe. Going into its sixth season, Better Innovation, hosted by Jeff Saviano, a global innovation leader with EY, delves into how innovative technologies like blockchain, artificial intelligence, digital currencies, and the promise of Web 3.0 are transforming the global landscape. Featuring elite guests like Jeremy Allaire, CEO of Circle Financial, authors Whitney Johnson and Rita McGrath, former U.S. Cabinet member Andrew Card, and a number of leading MIT scientists. Subscribe today and hear more from these distinguished guests. Subscribe to Better Innovation on your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Season 3 of Grow Your Brand, the SME Evolution Series. This season features my interviews with business experts from around the world live on LinkedIn. We talk about the challenges SMEs are currently facing and the strategies and tools we can implement to learn, evolve, and grow. I'm your host, Lauren Cress, the business scientist, And in this series, I'm on a mission to bring inspiration and innovation to business leaders and changemakers across the globe. If you'd like to get in touch with me about being a guest on my show, send me a message on LinkedIn. What I'm really excited about is this idea of because we've all now been forced to sit with ourselves, sit at home, sit with ourselves and disengage a little bit from the mainstream, I'm really excited about the potential for... uh, you know, growth and change for everyone. I think another thing that's come out of this whole corona thing is that we, we've we had a little bit of forced humility. Um, we've been living in a time of, you know, abundance and luxury and excess, and there's generations who've never known a recession. Um, personal debts at an all-time high. People just, uh, the culture of spending and, and consumerism. And all of a sudden, you know, thousands of people are now losing their jobs. Um, aspirations of maybe owning a home or getting a new car or something material have been dramatically reduced down to just being able to pay your rent or pay for your child's health care. So there's a kind of forced humility that's going on right now for people. And I think it's kind of realigning our perspective on certain things, you know, like a, a friend of mine was talking the other day, she said to the a small business and she's feeling the hit and she says, you know what she can, she says, you know, I'm actually, um, feeling really grateful right now because I've, I've actually yeah. had time to stop and realize what I've got. She says, you know what, Ken, I've got, I've got running water and I've got electricity. She says, isn't that amazing? Running water is actually amazing. And I thought, yeah, it is. It's actually incredible. G'day, everyone, and welcome to season three of Grow Your Brand. It's been a while since my last podcast episode, but if you follow me on social media, then you would have seen I've been pretty busy recording a series of live episodes these past couple of months, which is what I've compiled for you in this third season. My first guest for the season is Ken Zolomovsky, a truly inspiring and resilient individual who I first had the honor of interviewing last year as part of my podcast, The Oyster. As with many interviews, this chat starts a bit slow, but as you would have heard from the clips in the trailer at the beginning of this episode, we get pretty deep in this interview. If you'd like to find out more about Ken and the amazing work he's doing, check out the show notes to find out more.
If you haven't already subscribed to this show, make sure you do so you can keep up to date with all our latest episodes. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. It really, really helps to keep the show going. Thanks for your support. And without further ado, let's get on to today's show. G'day everyone, Lauren Cress, the business scientist here and joining me this afternoon is Ken Zolomovsky. Ken, I'm just going to get you to start off by introducing a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Hi Lauren and thanks for inviting me onto your show. It's good to be back. It's good to, good to be chatting and good to see your face this time. <laughs> um, what do I do? I'm a consultant. You know, um, I have a business... Um, I do some lecturing, I do some program development, um, I do some coaching and some cultural supervision. I'm um, involved in the Australian Defence Force as well, uh, in and around that recruitment and career development strategy stuff. I started off in my career as a, you know, as a health worker, working in Aboriginal communities, um, in the front line, uh, social work style work, and then went on to do a bit of research and a bit of... Um, uh, program development, delivery, and uh, then established a couple of organizations. And, and now I'm a bit of a specialist in, in, in some fields. So I, I feel like you're being very humble. You have a, um, an honorary doctorate from Sydney University, which is one of the highest awards you can sort of obtain from a university, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and you're doing some, you have done and continue to do some amazing work in the community. Can you tell us a little bit about... I'm just going to say it for you because I'm like, you know, I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to talk you off a little bit here, Ken. <laughs> I feel like you're being too shy. <laughs> but can you tell us a little bit about you've been doing this sort of seven days of courage series on LinkedIn? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what that is? I know courage stands for something. So can you sort of talk us us through that a little bit? Well, seven days of courage. Well. <laughs> Look, you know, it, it kind of came out of, you know, there are two things that, that, that are going on right now um, for me. One is, you know, the realisation that I'm going through a massive adjustment in life, you know, in a social and emotional well-being sense. Um, obviously, the social isolation stuff, not being able to see parents and, and friends and um, not being able to travel is, is a big thing. And, you know, my business and my work has always been around community community engagement, community consultation, community involvement, community development, community empowerment. So what do I do as a person who's, whose natural environment, whose natural place is in the community with people running groups, delivering programs in schools, you know, justice centres, um, universities, wherever. What do you do when all of a sudden I'm confined to, you know, um, an apartment? Yeah. <laughs> an apartment um, in, in Sydney. So... Um, it kind of came from the realization that um, I'm definitely not alone in this, and that um, you know, with this massive adjustment, you know, I'm someone who works. My career has been in mental health. I understand you know the psychology of, of adjustment and uh, how, how difficult it is sometimes for change and flexibility. And so I'm very empathetic with with the, the community. And I'm hearing things like alcohol consumption has increased up to thirty percent. In the last few weeks, and yeah. hearing things like you know, there's potentially an increase in family violence in homes because of this environment, because of the extra stresses. You know, like anyone with a with a general social concern, I I want to see people come through this transition. I want to see uh, you know people learn from it, 
develop, evolve. Um, I want to see families make the most of this opportunity to spend time together, you know, the kids at home and homeschooling. And I want to see um, people evolving, evolving out of the crisis. Um, yeah. And what I'm really excited about is this idea of because we've all now been forced to sit with ourselves, sit at home, sit with ourselves and disengage a little bit from the mainstream, I'm really excited about the potential for uh, you know, growth and change for everyone. Swiss uh, psychologist Carl Jung talked about you know, the idea of developing insight through studying yourself and understanding yourself and knowing yourself. You can't do that. It's very difficult to do that when you're, um, when you're running the hamster wheel. You know, when you are, when you are um, in the mainstream, you're subject to um, trends and fashion and um, social norms. Um, where do you ever really get the opportunity to be yourself, to self-actualize, to really uh, enjoy the things that you really love to do? We're often doing things for, for our boss or for our partners or for our, for our peers, you know? So where, when do you ever get the chance to sit back and reflect and actually discover who you really are? It hardly ever happens in, in today's modern culture. You know, everybody's like, like, you know, Fight Club, cult classic is a movie about, um, you know, Tyler Durden who creates himself an alter ego so he can be himself, so he can do what he really wants to do. You know, so he can break free from his button-down Oxford cloth corporate environment and be this kind of rebel that kind of, you know, does what he wants thinks how he wants to think, doesn't have to please anyone, you know, lives for himself. So a lot of us struggle with the fact that we're living for someone else, our decisions are being made uh, in consideration for somebody else, and so we never really get to uh, self-actualize or be our true self. Um, another friend said, um, she said, uh, he said, uh, when, I stopped, when I stopped worrying about what other, pe other people thought of me, everything changed. Yeah. So in this environment, we get an opportunity to, uh, sit with ourselves to um, explore this notion of the shadow, you know, the good parts of ourselves, and also the, you know, the the villain aspect of ourselves as well. You know, the villain, the deceptive, the conniving, the the evil part of ourselves. You know, that that villain. Um, get to know because we've all got a bit of that. You know, none of us are saints. Um, some of us think we are, but <laughs> <laughs> and um. And, and so we get to understand that. And if we get to spend more time with ourselves and, and, and learn to know it, get to know ourselves, um, we can grow. We can, we, can, we can master all of the sides of ourselves. We can become our, our true self. So I think that's an exciting opportunity for everyone in this environment. And I think we're going to see creativity, innovation, out of desperation, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of ashes, piles of ashes out there. Um, and we're going to see phoenixes rising from those ashes um, in numbers, you know. It's going to eclipse. It's going to eclipse the sun. It's going to be incredible. I, I, I completely agree with you, you know. Like, I, I've been going through, like, all these different stages, mental stages in my head. And uh, I started off, and, and I, I, I've been hesitant to say this too much because, I know that so many people are struggling right now and I don't want to be seen as someone who's just like, you know, forever optimistic and, you know, just glossing over people's pain and anguish and all those kinds of things. But at the same time, as someone who really loves to experiment and, uh, you know, look for opportunities. 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind of like, could this could this be something that actually on the other side humanity is better off? You know, and I've started talking to quite a few experts and like yourself as well who are kind of saying, yeah, there are opportunities to grow. There, are, uh, you know, personally, professionally, uh, in the way that we relate with ourselves and our families. Uh, and so it's it's kind of this just this. I don't know, there's this mix of emotions that I've been, it feels almost like the seven stages of grief, you know, like, or something like that. I think, like, regardless of what happens, I don't think that we will end up, you know, people kind of talking about, like, you know, this will end, but I don't think we'll be able to go back to where we were before this incident. What What's your thoughts on that? that that's a wonderful uh, concept, really, because to me it speaks to, it speaks to growth and change. Mm. And when we go through, when we, you know, when we have a crisis, I love that, I love the kind of um, the Eastern ways the Eastern philosophical ways of looking at crisis because they actually embrace crisis. They rejoice it. They, they, they're enthusiastic about it because they know that through crisis, you know, there is growth and there is change. In our ordinary uh, environment, when everything's going okay, <clears throat> we don't get opportunities to really see what we're made of, what, what talents, what create creativity we have, what hidden talents, um, you know, what potential that we have. We, we don't really get to see it until you are forced to put yourself outside your comfort zone, right? Yeah. So most of us, a lot of us will stay in our comfort zone until we're really, really pushed to move out of it. And I think like you, it's, it's incredibly exciting this time just to see um, people actually, you know, forced to, forced to grow and evolve. Yeah. Uh, to come through it. Um, so, you know, and the other thing is that we don't get an opportunity to practice our our, our virtues and our, our principles. You know, I like the Stoic philosophies, you know, they're based on four, four virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and um, I can't remember the fourth one will come to me. Um, we, we don't, unless we're tested, Eh, unless we have a little bit of um, friction uh, in our lives, you don't get to see what people are made of. So, you know, right now, under this situation, you're going to see what the community is made of, individuals, uh, governments, you know, our leaders. You know, we're looking to them to see what what they've got. Um, it's a really good opportunity right now. To test, uh, it's a test of character. It'll bring about our, our best character. Sorry, I got excited when you said um, it's, you know, what you were saying about sort of it, it bringing out new things in people because I was actually thinking about it. I don't want to go too into politics. I try to steer away from politics on the show, but I've been thinking about the leaders in Australia and the really difficult work and decisions they've had to make over the past few weeks. And I was like, I just feel like, uh, you know, some of some of the things that have happened and the, and the progress that has been made in a relatively short period of time is really actually quite phenomenal. I'm not saying I'm a fan of the government as a whole right now. You know what I mean, right? Like, but uh, there, you know, I don't think you know uh, 
governing Australia right now would be an easy thing to do. And I, I you know, I, my, my, I guess I kind of tip my hat to them, you know. I think it's it's actually to see the the, the drop in how uh, how many uh, cases uh, people are getting in terms of coronavirus each day, uh, how Australia is performing in the relation to the rest of the world in terms of that. Like, um, I, I don't know what's what's your thoughts without without getting too into the politics. <laughs> Yeah, somebody posted something the other day and said, isn't it amazing how fast we can find resources when we really need to? Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, um, there are, you know, elements of leadership that are questionable uh, in today's politics. And, um, and, and so, you know, and the fact that um, you know the attention or the resources are not going where they may need to be to go to make real change for those that might need it, um, it just speaks to really um, the nation's uh, values and um, and uh, you know what just you know the leadership I guess at the moment um, you know and I'm speaking to you know spaces. A disadvantage, you know, like maybe indigenous spaces, you know, you've still got people living without running water and access to education and healthcare in a first world country, one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Um, and these situations could be fixed quite easily with uh, uh, some, you know, good direction and leadership and, and resources. Um, but it doesn't happen. So, you know, it's like, you remember when um, not the Nostradamus, the church, caught on fire and all of a sudden all these hundreds of millions of dollars were pouring from all over the world to try and rebuild this church? And people were saying, well, what about this crisis and this crisis and this crisis and this crisis and this crisis? And it's just a, it's a bit of a reality of, um, you know, where our values are. But, uh, again, you know, it highlights an opportunity. It highlights a lot of opportunity there for... Um, for new leadership and new ideas to, to start moving through. Um, you know, I think another thing that's come out of this whole corona thing is that we, we've had a little bit of forced humility. Um, we've been living in a time of you know, abundance and luxury and excess and there's generations who've never known a recession. Um, personal debts at an all-time high, people just a, the culture of spending and, and consumerism and all of a sudden you know, thousands of people are now losing their jobs. Um, aspirations of maybe owning a home or getting a new car or something material have been dramatically reduced down to just being able to pay your rent or pay for your child's health care. So there's a kind of forced humility that's going on right now for people. And I think it's kind of realigning our perspective mm. on certain things, you know, mm. like a, a friend of mine was talking the other day, she said, she's a bit a small business and she's feeling the hit. And she says, you know what, she can, she says, you know, I'm actually, um, feeling really grateful right now because I've, I've actually yeah. had time to stop and realize what I've got. She says, you know what, Ken, I've got, I've got running water and I've got electricity. She says, isn't that amazing? Running water is actually amazing. And I thought, yeah, it is. It's actually incredible because there's some people that don't have running water, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, we can order groceries to our door if we need to. Um, you know, we can still go to the doctor. We have free health care. We, um, we have food, you know, um, and we have security. Like our country's not at war. Um, nobody's gonna 
bulldoze your house tomorrow, um, you know, um, there's not civil unrest on the streets. So, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good. I, I like the idea of forced humility because I think it brings, it, it's, it's kind of a, a leveler. It's kind of leveling everybody or yeah. a lot of people. It's kind of like we're getting the reset button pressed on ourselves and um, I guess get an opportunity just to be reminded about what's, what's important. We'll get back to the interview in just a minute, but first a quick message from our sponsors, the Changemakers Collective. The Changemakers Collective is a science-led consultancy passionate about supporting SMEs who are changing the world for the better. They work with clients who require flexible marketing solutions for sustainable growth by providing consulting, training, project management, and specialist recruitment services to help businesses, B Corps, and nonprofits get more customers, grow brand equity, and increase market share. To find out more, visit thechangemakerscollective.com.au. And now, back to the show. I, that, I think that's such a, like, really beautiful point, actually, because I've been thinking about this as well. Like, I actually had a similar thing to your friend where I was like, wow, like, you know, my husband's a doctor. Like, he has a very, very secure job. Yes, at the same time, I am, you know, concerned that he is on the front line of, of healthcare works and emergency. But, you know, he he has, we have security in our household. Um, and, you know, like, yeah, my business took a bit of a hit. But, like, in the scheme of things, like, from, like, I know other businesses that have just, it's like overnight, like, they have nothing, you know. And and it's just sort of, be, I've, when you said the thing about level, I think, you know, there's there's sort of this call for an attitude adjustment of kind of going like, hang on, you know, a lot of this stuff can just be taken away from us. And maybe the people who don't have that much, you know, maybe I think there's people who, who have judged people who are in disadvantaged groups in the past. And I think now it's sort of like, hang on a second, can you really judge people? Because we're in that we're all kind of in that situation a little bit more now and it was completely out of our control i think realizing the lack of control that we have is so important for being able to empathize with other groups you know and understanding what maybe they've been going through their entire lives but can you talk us through what sort of each element of courage is just explain that a little bit that framework yeah, yeah. Well, the courage model it came it came about um, um, through a, a, an, an alignment or an alignment with um, Western therapeutic models, mental health, and indigenous uh, wisdom traditions and indigenous pract- mental health practices, um, and then I added elements of military leadership to it from my years in the, in the, in the military in the army, and. Um, you know, I like the word courage because uh, I don't know if you know that the word courage is actually a French word. It has French origin and it means of the heart. Oh, and, okay. um, and it's also the first, um, well, in the Stoic philosophies, um, they say that courage is the virtue to which all other virtues descend. So without courage, we don't have anything. You know, we can't even make a decision. Um, and so um, and so we built the, the model around this idea of, the necessity of to have courage in order to progress or to, to move in life and um so courage stands for culture optimism understanding 
relationships, acceptance, gratitude, and encouragement. So each of those elements are, um, you know, um, are a guide for negotiating uh, the challenges that all of us will face or have already faced in our life, will continue to face um, in our lives. So, um, you know, for example, culture, um, it's really important to have, well, in particular, um, cultural safety. It's really important to have a culture that uh, is safe, that values you, that's not a threat to your identity um, or your way of life or your values or your practices or your beliefs, you know. And that, that also extends to the family environment, the household environment, the work environment and the community environment, you know. The culture that you live in will dictate um, what, what your potential could be um, and, uh, and what, what you, to a degree what your values and what your beliefs will be, you know, what your, what your behaviours then will be. Um, and then optimism, you know, it's really important. Everyone knows that uh, we have to have, to have positive thinking, but um, in the model, you know, positive thinking is also, um, it's, it's about not just positive thinking, but it's about critical thinking. And it's about really questioning yourself um, and, and conduct, like, and, and just sort of living in a constant state of, uh, reflective practice so you know every day you wake up and you ask yourself do, do my actions uh, match my values you know is this really working for me um, and if it's not then you know you have an opportunity to make some change um, but you have to be optimistic that the change uh, you know will will bring you what you need what you need to, to, to have in your life if you're not optimistic about it it's hard to to, to, to attempt to make change, you know? And then you have understanding. Well, understanding is about, well, it's, you know, it's, um, it's really about listening. It's about deep listening. Um, and um, it's about empathy, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. It's about trying to see the bigger picture. Um, and, um, and then, it kind of puts you in a better position to be able to communicate, to be able to express what your needs are, to be able to hear other people's needs. Um, if we don't understand each other, uh, or if we don't understand our environment, then it's, it's very difficult for us to progress in it. It's difficult for us to understand uh, where we fit in the environment, in the world, um, in the home, what's my role, What's my potential in the world? What's my relationship to the world? You know, um, it just helps break that small-minded kind of mentality. Helps you to think big, think big picture. Uh, just expand your horizons. You know, understanding. What's the next one? Relationships. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. (laughs) Right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Money is the number one cause of stress and the number two cause of divorce. Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but Facet helps you with today. 
You get a dedicated financial planner that guides you through every financial decision. Inflation, interest rates, stock market changes, home prices. How do you figure it all out? Well, every advisor at FACET is a certified financial planner and fiduciary. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. It's about taking care of your money so you can start living a better life today. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit TryFacetWealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T Wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. Relationship's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one. Don't ask me why. Why, Ken? <laughs> relationships is, is... I love relationships, and I love I loved the element of relationships. Um, I love all of my relationships as well. <laughs> um, relationships is a really good one. Um, because relationships are tough, you know? Relationships with your partner, with your family, with your mom and dad, or your carers, or relationship with your boss. Um, there's always a power dynamic, you know? And there's always <sighs> human nature gets in the way. And uh, so relationships can be really, like, deadly, like, life-threatening. It can be toxic, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I saw another post that said, um, you know, suicide still kills more people in Australia than COVID-19. You know, more people every day. There's over 40, 40 something people a day die from suicide in Australia. It's like over 3,000 a week of any year. And so how many actually attempt and are not successful? So it, may be like, it might be 10 times that amount. Yeah. So there's a real sickness in our society. Uh, and a lot of it's got to do with relationships, you know? I mean, if you're in a loving environment um, where your uh, self-worth is reflected back to you by your peers and by your partners um, and you're respected and you're considered, then you will feel good about yourself. You know, you won't want to commit suicide. If you're in a toxic environment where you're not considered, your views are not mattered, your voice is not heard, um, and they're toxic, abusive relationships, then you're going to develop some mental health issues you're going to get depressed you're going to be isolated you're not going to see any value in life and you're going to want to opt out so um so relationships is that's why relationships is my favorite because we can give people even through the work that we do here through the work you do and my work we can connect to people we can validate people we can listen to them we can make them feel worthy. Uh, we can give them hope. We can encourage them to set their goals and, and move their life on. Um, and we can change, you know, we can change lives like that. So that's why relationships are my favorite because you can get, you know, it's, I like it because it's real. You know, it's where the honesty is at. You know, um, you get to hear people's real problems, real challenges, real vulnerabilities. And uh, there's another, there's a um, another stoic uh, quote or something that said the most says the most courageous thing in life is the sight of a person going through adversity, right? So in my work, I get to see people struggling with adversity, like challenging their adversity, follow, like challenging their shadow, you know, um, yeah. facing their demons, 
And that to me is the most incredible uh, thing to see in life, you know? And that's, it, it gives you humility as well. Yeah. It's yeah. a great leveler. Um, so, um, you know, your sense of self-worth is reflected back to you by those around you. So um, keep good company. That's my tip for today. <laughs> Next time, acceptance. What do we got for acceptance? Acceptance comes from acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT. Um, and ACT is a third wave psychology. Um, it's grounded in compassionate, uh, compassionate action. And um, the fundamental question that the therapy that the ACT um, asks of us is, what do you value and what are you prepared to do about it? So that's what, you know, that's what we encourage people to ask themselves every day, and particularly in the hard, hard times. What do you value? What are you prepared to do about it? Because when you ask yourself what you value, then you can put, then your priorities all of a sudden are aligned for you. You don't have to do the hard work. You don't have to uh, write a list of your priorities. If you're, if you're asking yourself, what do I value? Um, and the important things come to mind. And then you say, what, what am I prepared to do about it? Well, that's when your life changes because you start living in accordance with your values. Your actions start to demonstrate your values. Your actions speak for who you are. People don't remember you for your words. They remember you for your actions, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, you become this, you know, you become, you become your true self. And people will respect you for that. And you can, more importantly, you respect yourself much better. Mm. Yeah. So that's acceptance. What's the next one? Gratitude. Gratitude is, um, you know, it's a little bit kind of cliche, isn't it? Be grateful. Yeah, be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. It's all kind of relative, you know. If I'm sitting in a $15 million house in, in Vaucluse and I'm looking out my, you know, floor-to-ceiling window view of the Harbour Bridge and... Um, I get a phone call and my million dollar contract just got cancelled. You know, I'm going to feel really, I'm going to feel bad about that. I might have an argument with my wife about that. <laughs> and she might just say, be grateful for what you got. And you might go, oh, well, you know, you might not have, it might be hard to, to, to be grateful when you're so caught up in, the, you know, the rat race and in sort of material, in the pursuit of, you know, financial uh, freedom or material goals. Um, so in that sense, gratitude sometimes gets a bit, it gets a bit disrespected, you know? Oh, yeah. Go, and, go write a gratitude list. People go, not really interested in what I've got right now or, you know, what's, what, what's, what's secure. I'm more focused on what I don't have. So, um, but if we can, if we can shift our minds to, you know, to what we do have, and writing a gratitude list is an amazing way of doing that. It's an amazing way of diminishing uh, any sort of sense of loss that you might be feeling right now. If you were to grab a pad and pen and start writing a list of, you know, the top 10 things that you're grateful for right now, um, all of a sudden, you kind of feel, well, you feel a little bit of humility, don't you? Because you might be grateful for your health. You know, I had a phone call this morning, some some someone's friend got child got diagnosed with leukemia right so i think about that and if i turn on the news today someone's going to get someone's probably died on the highway you know today um 
So if I'm, you know, or I'll hear about somebody else losing their job or I'll hear, you know, something else is happening around the world. So if, if I can write a gratitude list, um, immediately what comes up is, you know, I've got my health, I've got opportunity, um, you know, I've got loved ones, you know, I've got food in the fridge, um, tomorrow's going to be okay, you know. All of a sudden, um, I'm feeling grounded, I'm feeling, you know, all of a sudden I'm kind of rich, you know. I realize that what I've actually got is all that I really need right now. And it gets me out of that mindset of kind of wanting more, you know. They say that they say the poorest person is not the person who has the least, but the person who wants more. That's the poor. That's the, that's the poor, that's a poor person in reality. Um, so um, you know, gratitude is about you know um, really just appreciating what you have um, <clears throat> and and backing yourself. Um, and just understand that no one's got it all sorted out. So if I asked you, how's your relationship with your doctor, husband? How's your financial, how's your health? And how's your, how's your family? You know, if I asked you about love, finances, health and family or career, you know, you're going to say, oh, one's really good. The other one's not so good. This one's kind of average and this one I'm working on or I've just started or I haven't even started it yet. You know, so um, it just, it reminds us that not everybody, nobody has it all worked out. Nobody's perfect, you know. Perfection is is a fantasy. Um, it's just a single moment and it never lasts more than a moment. Um, and, and you can give yourself a break because, you know, you're just like everybody else. It kind of also goes back to your point about self-actualization as well, right? Because I was actually recently, because Maslow's hierarchy of needs has been coming up in a lot of conversations, you know, during this crisis of, you know, people are kind of feeling like a lot of their basic needs are no longer met. And I was looking at the sort of, you know, there was a bunch of adaptations later on to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it was kind of like the first four levels, basically, before self-actualization is all about I need more, I need more, there's not enough, I need more. But actually once in, in the self-actualization realm, it's all about like this This is just giving me more purpose. I want to learn more, but it's not that I need more, which is a completely complete mindset shift like you say, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. <clears throat> I mean like food and shelter are essential for our physical bodies. Um and, uh, but, but the rest of it, I mean, you know, love, sense of belonging, community is important as well. Um, but um, many, you know, many heroes have been born out of environments where they didn't have love, they didn't have community, they didn't have family. Um, but for the most part, those are essential elements for the human, you know, faculties to develop and for people to thrive. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, the, uh, hier Maslow's hierarchy is a, a really good recipe for social emotional well-being, um, for just for just the bare essentials really in life. You know, food, food shelter, community, place of belonging, purpose, um, and then and then yeah, you don't really need much else after after that if you if you choose. 
you know, the rest is the rest is your choice. If yeah. You want to go for material possessions, so you want to go for relationships, so you want to aspire to success in a career. It's, the rest is up to you, but we don't we don't. It's not essential for um, you know for uh, for communities or for, for to experience joy in life. So we're we're on the last letter. We're on E. <laughs> I don't want to forget about E. So what's E? <laughs> Encouragement. Encouragement. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so important, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it really is. You know. Um, it's really about encouraging it's encouraging ourselves it's having a really good relationship with yourself <clears throat> um backing yourself and um being courageous i guess to you know put your foot outside your comfort zone um encouraging you know encouraging your peers um it's about it's about peer-to-peer support you know it's about real like community um, unfortunately, in some elements of our society, you know, there's a study in an American university um, about narcissism. Narcissism is on an all-time is at an all-time high. Um, and unfortunately, in an environment in an environment where we are where we are uh, praised for, uh, hey, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. (laughs) Right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Valued for how much better we are than the next person is a really dangerous environment, right? Because in order to be good and successful and worthy, you have to be better than everybody else. So that kind of environment sets up a for and against, it sets up a kind of, you know, that kind of narcissistic uh, environment where people are just kind of just in it for themselves, right? Um, on a level. So um, encouragement is is about, in, it's about, encouraging each other it's about lifting each other it's about sharing the victories um it's about teamwork um it's about a healthy work environment and a healthy peer-to-peer support um not a toxic environment where you know it's kind of every man for themselves or it's sort of cutthroat dog-eat-dog environment um it's you know it kind of goes along the lines of that cultural safety and cultural diversity and diversity and inclusion um it's you know it's it's the principles that underlie that kind of those kind of um movements you know those kind of is it ethos ethos i think it's the emotion the um the feeling the value the or is it pathos no i think it's pathos don't get me talking about stuff I don't know about. <laughs> Ethos, pathos, does anyone know? <laughs> but, you know, 
like I was thinking as well, and uh, we'll have to finish up sooner, um, but I was thinking just with that last point that you were making around encouragement and that sort of dog-eat-dog thing, like I put this post out the other day kind of saying like I've seen, I feel like this crisis we've seen uh, sort of like the some of the best and worst of people, you know, like you see people who are kind of, uh, you know, just going to supermarkets and hoarding things or like reselling them for like 10 times the price. And then I've seen people do some really amazing things like offering services for free, offering support for free or just collaborating, working out how they can, you know, do something new together. And uh, I think it's really I, – I also understand why people are, are responding in in a way that is that dog-eat-dog way because I think if you've been treated uh, – because like for me, we ran out of toilet paper weeks ago, Right. We we because we'd never stocked stocked up, <laughs> and we were like, um, but I knew I was like, oh, I'll just be able to ask people. Like I, I have friends who, and that's what's happened. Like we've ended up being fine because we we have that the relationships around us that mean that we're we're never going to go without. We have that security there. But if you don't have that security, I can really understand why people feel like they're sort of in this fight or flight response where it's like, I just have to take care of myself because no one else will, you know? Um, and I, I think it's just been interesting to see that sort of like there's, there's people who've gotten more competitive in business uh, because it's like, well, I've got to look after my business, uh, gotten more competitive just, you know, in their interactions in the shopping center. Uh, and then on the other side, these sort of collaborative givers who are kind of like, well, how do we all help each other out? What would you say in relation to – I'm going to turn this into a question because I just went on a rant. Uh, what would you say in relation to that? Like, do you agree with me? Do you think that – have you seen the same kind of thing where there's people sort of going in these two two directions? Do you know what I mean? Look, I'll give you an Indigenous perspective. Um, I haven't seen that in Indigenous communities. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, there's a culture of um, sharing – yeah. You know, and a culture of looking out for each other. Yeah. Um, in other cultures where you have a lot of fear, and there's a lot of fear in the mainstream culture, you know, people are turn on the six o'clock news and somebody's getting stabbed and someone's getting raped, or someone's getting kidnapped, or there's a war going on, and yeah, it's all this horrible stuff. So, you know, fear sells fear sells products. Um, fear sells things. It's kind of fear uh, is a very powerful element for social control yeah. but at times like this it kind of really backfires mm. you know? um, but in saying that the the level of behavior that we've had in our country hasn't not has not been anything 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 overly dramatic or anything overly um you know outrageous or um you know disgusting really it's it's been it, i think you know even the worst of what we've seen has been kind of low level, low level conflict, you know, like I think by and large communities bound together and, you know, people have spoken up about, um, you know, irresponsible behavior and, um, you know, people not considering other people in disrespect and whatever. Um, so, um, but, but yeah, you know, I mean, that's just people responding to fear. It's kind of natural. People are afraid. They don't know what's going to happen. None of us have experienced this kind of thing in our lives. I haven't. Um, 
So who knows? I, I don't understand the thing with the toilet paper though. Like, <laughs> I really don't get what people do with all this toilet paper. Like, why do they need like six, like 30, 40 rolls of toilet paper? I mean, an eight pack, shouldn't it, like, a, a, a roll of toilet paper should last you like a week, maybe two weeks, just one roll, shouldn't it? Like, what are you doing with it? Probably for men as well, it like does like, not that I want to start having toilet talk on the show, but maybe it lasts a little bit longer for men. But I did ask someone about this. So I asked um, one of our friends who's a, um, a doctor as well. And he said, apparently, like there, there was actually some research done around this. And like, when people feel like they don't have control, it, the idea of not having control over like, their like, their hygiene is a real issue. So, cause we've seen the same kind of thing with sanitizers and things like that. So it's like this, I don't have control, but I still have toilet paper. There's actually, it's one of the things that, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bizarre though, isn't it? Like who would have thought, who would have, who would have picked that one? Like, Yeah, it's, it's really strange. <laughs> I hope that this thing forces people to ration all of their household goods and learn to be a little bit more conservative. You know that um, campaign, reduce, reuse, recycle? Yeah. I hope it you know, forces people to be more conservative. They'll spend less money on it. The companies that make it won't appreciate this at all. But they'll spend less money on it. They'll have more money. They'll make things last. Um, and they'll live a little bit more conservatively. Um, for me, this is kind of how I live all the time. I kind of live, you know, like I just, I get, like a tube of toothpaste that would last me like three months. <laughs> you know? Shampoo will last me six months. You know? I just use every last drop. Um, that's a bit old-fashioned. It's not, it's, not, it's not very popular with my friends. But, um, you know, I just think that um, we're, we're a little bit um, blasé with our resources. And um, it's like, you know, it's like we're never going to run out. Well, hello, look what's happening, you know? Your bank account can run out one day and your household can run out. So, you know, and I just hope that for the for the good of for, for everyone. So everyone can just be a little bit more sensible with, um, you know, their budgets and their uh, consumption because it all has an impact on our environment. Um, and that, you know, that affects all of us. It's sort of and like... I somebody say that the environment's kind of healing itself right now because there's less carbon emission, there's less waste... Yeah. There's less consumption of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, I heard it put really nicely by uh, Floris Block, who I, uh, who I interviewed a, f- a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. It's all a bit of a blur. But one of the things he said is, like, na- nature's catching a breath, you know? Like, it's actually, you know, we're seeing that, like, from the satellite images that there's less smog around, you know, industrial areas and, uh, I'm I'm really curious about you know what happens. Uh, I definitely want to talk about this more on the show. I'm I'm trying to source guests at the moment to talk about from a client science perspective. You know how do we how do we use this as a bit? I feel like this is a bit of a fork in the road moment for humanity. You know we've been going down this path that is like you said, it's not sustainable. We can't just have more 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 forever. So what's that? Sorry, say that again. Yeah. And now it's sort of like, hang on, could this, you know, you mentioned opportunity right at the beginning of our chat, like, 
is, you know, we either go back to the way we were or, I mean, maybe this is a forced dichotomy, but if we do kind of choose to live more consciously and conservatively and and, and use this as a bit of a lesson, uh, you know, maybe this is the thing that, that kind of saves humanity long term. Um, I don't know, maybe that's super optimistic, but I'm an optimist, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, we sincerely hope that uh, we learn some lessons from this crisis. Um, it just reminds us that we're not all uh, um, invincible and um, and that our current systems that we rely on so much have proved uh, to not work, like our economy, for example. You know, in uh, this kind of economical model, if all it takes is a virus to disrupt the entire globe's functioning um, and economies, you know, people losing jobs and then losing their homes or whatever, not being able to buy things that they need, then that's not the right system, is it? It's not, it's not the best system for us. So, you know, it's very big, very big philosophical um, questions there. I'm definitely not an expert of that stuff. Um, but what we did, what I did thinking of Seven Days of Courage was it was about um, what can we do? What can we? What can we? What can we give the world? You know, right now, um, what have we got to share that won't cost anything? That may help someone. You know, may help someone make uh, make a decision that has a massive impact for, for their life or for others. So we, we thought we'd just you know I come up with the idea. There's seven letters in the word courage. So I thought seven days of courage. What each day is an element of courage. Um, so we posted. We post a video on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, and um, we just offered, you know, offered it out there for people to um, to consider it and maybe to learn more about it. And also, it's fundamental to our, our staff training and development as well for our programs and services. So it's used for community consultation and cultural supervision and um, staff training and development. <clears throat> to sound really sound uh, a sound model for for peer-to-peer support and uh, community development. Got a little bit over time, but it's been fascinating speaking with you, Ken. Uh, lovely to talk to you again. And like I said before, to see your face this time while we're, we're having our interview. So um, yeah. thanks so much for your time. Uh, keep keep doing what you're doing. I uh, love your work. And, uh, yeah, let's. I'm sure we'll chat again soon. You're very, very welcome, Lauren, and thank you so much. It's been uh, wonderful to connect with you again and to have the conversation. And uh, more importantly, I hope that... Um, it's useful for the listeners out there and we welcome welcome them to welcome any feedback comments posts contact you know reach out yeah keep keep it up (laughs) i will (laughs) yeah (laughs) pretty much (laughs) bye for now all right see you ken bye-bye bye Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 on passes. We could fly.